Have you ever wondered about continuing your education as a teacher? VCI teacher Cody McPhee interviews Trisha Hayward and Carrie Tapp about their pursuit of graduate degrees. In this interesting conversation, these Fort LaBosse teachers discuss the advantages of further education, as well as the challenges and their strategies for success. These three educators who have enrolled in three different programs at three different universities offer a wealth of advice and information if you're considering a similar path. Coming to you from the southwestern corner of Manitoba, sharing fresh perspectives from real educators. Tune in as teachers relate their stories of professional learning, classroom practice, and the challenges they've overcome to teach like a boss. Welcome to Teach Like a Boss, the professional learning podcast for teachers by teachers. Thank you so much for tuning in today. It's great to have you listening along with us. If you enjoy this episode, please like and rate us on your podcast app and share our podcast on social media. Uh, let's take a minute to introduce ourselves before we get started. Uh, I'm Cody McPhee. I'm here today talking to Trisha Hayward and Carrie Tapp, and we will be talking about um, schooling beyond your education degree. Um, so kind of more specifically in this case, talking about uh, getting your master's degree. So um, I guess we'll just kind of open this up. Um, can you each tell us a little bit about your background in on that subject, starting with Trisha? Hi, thanks, Cody. Um, so I am a high school teacher. I teach high school history and social studies. So I've always been a huge supporter of professional development and have always taken lots of different learning opportunities throughout my career. So I decided that a few years ago, I wanted to take the next step. And I started investigating um, taking a master's degree. So I started that um, just about two years ago. I kind of took this last year off. I'm in the midst of finishing. I should be done by the end of the school calendar year this year and convocate in the summer is the goal. So I am taking my master's out of the University of Saskatchewan in Saskatoon. It's been great. It's all been online. Um, but I'll leave it at that because I think you have some more questions about our specific course later. So that is where I'll pass it off to Carrie. Uh, yeah, so I have been teaching math and physics for the past 10 years. And two years into my teaching career, I decided to um, try out my master's. I had a friend who was starting hers and I was like, perfect, I'll look into it too. Um, and so I found a program at the University of Waterloo called the Master of Mathematics for Teachers. And most of it was online, so I could do it from Manitoba just fine. And so that was the program that I picked to do. Um, I completed it in 2015, right before I went back from my first math. So I never actually had to do it while I was parenting and teaching. Okay. I actually um, started mine this year out of Brown University uh, in education or yeah, curriculum pedagogy. Um, and yeah, my kind of thing that pushed me into it this year was just with COVID and everything and everything being moved online. I thought it was a good time to start it. And apparently a lot of other people had that idea too, because the classes were completely packed. Um, so Trisha, um, do you want to tell us a little bit more about your specific courses and your masters? So I have an indigenous background. 
So I decided that I wanted to do something that was meaningful to myself, which is why I chose to go to Saskatoon. Um, they have a really excellent Indigenous um, faculty in educational foundations. So I am getting my, I will get my master's in educational foundations with a focus on Indigenous and anti-racist education. So it has been um, really eye-opening and I've learned a lot. I, I did know a lot, but I've even learned more. My classes range in a, from about 20 to 25 students with lots of discussion. I've had professors from, um, that are living in the interior of BC, which is the beauty of having everything online because you can get, you can go to school with people with very diverse backgrounds and in various parts of, of Canada. We've, I've had girls from um, Ottawa taking classes with me and we had one girl from Finland taking a class. Um, so it's been, it's been a really good experience. I have my last four classes to go. So I can't remember what they both are after Christmas. I know one is the history of Indigenous education in Canada. So I'm really quite looking forward to that. And the other one is more Métis based. So I think they'll both be, be interesting and challenging at the same time. Um, so my program was all online and the way they did it was they had recordings for us to watch and notes for us to do and questions for us to do and then we submitted it. So none of it was actually live. Um, we also had people from all around the world taking it and so my strategy was just to find a buddy. Um, some people I knew from Winnipeg were taking it and we worked through the material together just because it's easier to bounce ideas off of each other. Um, courses for me included like calculus, proofs, uh, using technology and math, financial mathematics, linear algebra, basically a real math focus. Um, we did get into a bit of pedagogy under like the history of math class, but it was much more math based than education based. And if I ever did go for another one in the future, I would pick one at the opposite end of the spectrum. Was there still a lot of like writing and research involvement um there was a couple classes that were more research involved in like the history of math you had to write essays in but most of it was actual mathematical work which helps me when i'm teaching my calculus class or bringing in other ideas into other classes as i go Okay, so my next question would be, did anyone here um, take any time off to complete your master's? Or did you do it kind of in the evenings and weekends and, and so on? I have not taken any time off. I did um, several courses throughout the summer. And just the way the terms kind of go at university with your master's, I kind of could take one and another one and another one. I actually did... Um, TA a university class too um, while I was doing my master's, which that was actually a lot of work, but a really good learning experience um, in the faculty as well. It was an undergrad class um, that I TA'd and I had to do a lot of marking. So while I was doing that, I was doing my own teaching and I was taking a course. I wouldn't recommend that perhaps. Um, 
but we'll see right now I'm signed up for two after Christmas. So we'll see how they go. COVID times has kind of allowed for a little bit more at home time. So it's been okay. So I think one of them is live and I think the other one, um, is they give us the material and we're to work through it, but I'm not hundred percent sure I emailed the prof and she hasn't emailed me back. So I'm just kind of waiting to hear. Um, I also didn't take any time off from work to complete my master's, but I did manage to line it up with my first mat leave. So I was home for part of it, although the baby brain definitely kicked me in the butt on one of my courses. Um, the way mine worked out, I took one per semester throughout um, fall, winter, and then in the summer I would fit two in. Um, I did go to Waterloo actually one summer to complete one in person. It was just a seminar for three, four days. I know it was lovely. Nice to get it done quickly. Um, but yeah, I also fit mine in the recommendation from my program for most courses was about 15 hours a week for a course. Um, I'm a bit of a stickler overachiever. I don't know however you want to phrase it, but I often put in about 20 hours a week. But as I said before, it was easier when I didn't have kids as well. Okay. Uh, I also, I've, I'm, doing mine right now. So I'm not really taking any time off for it either. So for me, it's just one class per semester and then probably one or two in the spring as well. Should be finished in three years max, I think. Um, do you think a lot of people know that they can take a sabbatical to go for their master's or to in, in improve their education, I guess? Um. I don't know. I think financially for me, I needed to keep working. So for me to take a sabbatical wasn't probably in the cards. So I needed to do this on my own time. But I have heard of people, and I do know a few people that have taken a year off to to work to complete their master's. It definitely would take some stress off by doing that. And could probably get it finished quicker too, I'm thinking. Yeah, I think, Matt. I think so. Yeah. I've also seen people around the division that have. Um, at the time when I was in Southwest Horizon, they were kind of clamping down on not allowing sabbaticals quite as much. So I didn't even ask for it. But. Um, so we've kind of touched on this a bit. Can you, you explain what your kind of timeline and your schedule looked like a little bit more um, while you were taking your master's? So my classes, I think my first class was on a Tuesday night. So I actually just stayed at school, started at five and I went from five till eight um, Tuesday nights and I was online and being at the school was good because I didn't have those distractions at home. Um, so that was fine. I've taken classes Saturday mornings, taking classes Friday nights. Um, summer classes are usually three hours a day for like three weeks straight. Um, so it just kind of depends what term you're doing classes in and kind of what fits into your schedule. I know that I have one Tuesday nights next semester, and then I think the other one is kind of on our own. So I'm not a hundred percent sure. Um, and I'm not a hundred percent sure I'll stay in both of them, but I am signed up for both of them. Um, as I mentioned, mine was more where they release the material and then you work through it at your own pace. And so I would try and cram in like... 10 hours on the weekend to read through the material, watch the videos. And then during the week, I would work on the assignments um, and talk back and forth with my partners just to see how they were doing. 
and then try and get them submitted. And it worked out nicely that like their courses often would start in August. So I'd try and cram through quite a few modules before actual school started or over spring break just to fit them in there. Okay. Um, for mine, I actually, I kind of lucked out in a way because there was four different sections of the class I was taking this semester. So usually I would go on Tuesdays from six to nine. But if I couldn't make a Tuesday or something, I would just go on a Wednesday or a Thursday or a Saturday, whenever. Um, for me, mine is, well, it's entirely like research-based and writing papers. So I would mostly do that on Saturdays and Sundays, uh, which things come up, right? So then it becomes kind of a bit of a, becomes a little bit squishy trying to get everything done on the weekends. Um, so my next question is, what, what made you want to complete your master's? I could be a career student, which my husband shakes his head at. I just have always enjoyed, I always enjoyed my university experience. So I think for me, when I decided to take my master's, I did want to do it in something that was going to be an interest of mine. So that I think would be my advice to anybody who is taking their master's or thinking about it, find a program that you are interested in and have a passion about because it makes the learning much easier. So what was the, what was the question? Oh, why? Um, so it is something that I have wanted to investigate is a little bit more into my indigenous background. Um, so that is why I chose what I chose. And I'm actually looking at completing this one and applying to do a land base masters out of U of S and it's a cohort and it will start in 2023. I have to apply next fall for it. So, um, and it's a two year program that I'm looking into next. Um, I also really enjoyed being a student and it was a good, even though it only been two years, it was a good reminder once I'd started teaching how it feels to be a student and have all those pressures of assignments and deadlines. Um, and just to balance that all out. Um, and as I mentioned, I had a friend going and I was like, oh yeah, I could do it too. I could do it too. So I did. And in my future, there might be another one too. Yeah. yeah I also, I also enjoy the student life. Uh, I definitely enjoyed being in person a lot more than I'm enjoying the online learning. So I guess I can kind of relate to our students during COVID there. Um, for me, we see different issues and things that are happening in schools all the time and kind of we're always trying to come up with ways that we can kind of solve these problems or, or help with these problems. And I mean, that's what my entire first course has been was uh, issues in the education system. So doing research, trying to find out what those issues are and kind of what other schools around the world do to try to solve those problems. And it's actually, it's interesting in the sense that the problems that we have here in Verdon uh, or in Fort LaBosse are the same ones that they might be having in Norway or, or Sweden or anywhere, anywhere around the world, really. Um, what did you find was the most difficult or the least enjoyable part of completing your master's? Um, I had to take a few classes that I wasn't super excited about, some ethics classes and different things like that. They just, it wasn't the material that I was wanting to learn about. Um, so I did them because they were compulsory. So some of those classes that you don't have a choice, um, but have to take, um, and group work, it's kind of, I always thought, how do you do group work over 
over Zoom or whatever platform the school was using. And that was difficult at the start, but you know, as I've taken more and more classes, it's gotten a little bit easier too. So group work and the whole idea of having to take those classes that you have to take, kind of like in high school. Um, I'd also add the group work and partially that's just because we never were on a video call with anybody. So you just had to put a feeler out there like, does anybody want to be my study buddy? Um, it did get easier as I went through the program because I developed relationships with some people that we took the same courses. And so we just planned to work together, but, uh, yeah, it's definitely a little nerve wracking trying to find a person who works at the same pace as you and wants things to the same completeness those types of things. Okay. For me, it was, uh, again, because my course was called Issues in Education, um, or, oh, yeah, um, I kind of thought we would spend a lot more time in the actual classes discussing issues and, sol and solutions and so on, but uh, most of my classes was talking about grammar and APA format and, yeah, things that people who have done a degree have probably done in the past already and, uh, I guess everything we learned in that class was expected to be done through research. And I just found three hours a week talking about APA format and commas and periods seemed like a lot for, um, for that course. Sorry. Um, have you found that the pay increase is significant enough to kind of offset the cost or the amount or the hours put in getting your master's degree? <laughs> I'll let you know when I'm done. And I get a pay increase. <laughs> um, I never did it for the pay increase, right? I did it because I wanted to learn. And so I haven't really focused on that. But my courses at Waterloo are probably more than they are at BU. Like it was a thousand bucks a course. Um, and so it's going to take a long time to pay that off. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, fairly close to, to what BU's was. Um, okay. Same thing is when you say that you were spending 20 hours a week, uh, on your papers and stuff, um, when it comes to the overall pay bump at the end, you kind of think like a lot of teachers I know have, dare I say, side hustles and things like that, where if they spent 20 hours a week doing that, they'd probably end up making more money than what the pay increase is, yeah. is kind of my thought on that. Um, what are your future plans as far as education or professional development from this point on? Well, I am planning on doing another master's out of U of S. So that's kind of my, where I'm headed with my education. Um, I've signed up for a few courses online, like MOOCs, those um, online courses, um, just in different things throughout. But Um, yeah, and in my future, I might find another master's too, although it definitely won't be until my kids are older and able to look after themselves more. Okay. Um, I'm probably going to go thesis route just in case I do end up wanting to go beyond my master's. Uh, yeah, I've not really decided past that point yet. Um, why, why do you think other teachers might be hesitant to pursue their, their graduate studies or their master's degrees? I think the time commitment, um, the affordability, and just the access to to going to school or spending time online. 
Yeah, and when I started my program, right, like everything you were still driving to. So you could drive to Brandon. And so my online program I found at Waterloo was like a godsend, right? It was unexpected. I was like, perfect. Um, Now that COVID has made more stuff online, it might be more accessible. Um, But the added time on top of all the time that we put into teaching and prepping and marking and helping students out, it's a lot. Yeah. I agree. Um, and yeah, being not very close to any like large universities, we do have kind of the Brandon option. And Brandon has, uh, right now, they only have four options for taking your, your master's degree, which aren't always people's uh, int- area of interest, I guess. So yeah, I think a lot of people did kind of start theirs this year or, or last year because of the online component. Uh, last one here, what advice would you want to give to anyone considering going into the graduate studies? My my advice is just to pick a direction in which you are passionate about because then it makes everything a whole lot easier. Um, I agree with Trisha. And I would also add, like, commit to it because I knew for myself if I started taking semesters off for reasons, <laughs> A, I was going to get into a point where I had older kids and then I would, wouldn't be able to do it. So just by, yeah, I need to do it. I need to fit it in. Um, keeping it going, I was able to finish it. Yeah, I guess same advice I'd give any student. So start on it early and um, put in the time because once you start falling behind, um, you're behind. So like for myself, I've started questioning partway through if I even wanted to continue with it and things like that. And that that led to me starting to put things off. And then once I put them off, they all piled up and that just made it a whole lot more difficult. So yeah, getting on it early and continuing with it. All right, well, thank you very much for coming today. Thank you for tuning in. Any of the resources or information mentioned in this podcast can be found in this episode's show notes, available at www.flbsd.mb.ca forward slash podcast. Join us next time as real teachers continue to share their journeys and inspire you to teach like a boss.